Welcome to a brand new episode of Mentors on the Mic podcast, your resource for all things entertainment industry. A deep dive into people's careers, starting from their first job in the industry all the way to the impressive role they have today. And uh, I'm excited to share about this one. But before I introduce you to our lovely mentor, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast on any platform that you're currently listening to it, all the platforms, really, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, etc. Um, and if you haven't yet, follow me on Instagram at Michelle Simone Miller and at Mentors on the Mic. So, Lamar. Our mentor this week is Lamar Richardson. I met Lamar a few years ago in a series of commercials we shot for Samsung. We were hand models together, and our group spent multiple weeks on different sets, hanging out, working, learning. It was such a blast. We were at Milk Studios in Meatpacking District for a while, Silver Cup Studios, and honestly, places that I can't even recall, just kind of visually remember them. And it was a blast. And it was nice having a gig that was relatively steady that just kept calling us back. And it was also awesome to see our hands in like rolling commercials in Times Square. I'll share some of them on my Instagram this week. Since then, I've followed Lamar online as he's booked TV shows, his regional theater debut as Sylvester in Felicia Rashad's award-winning production of August Wilson's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom at the Mark Taper Forum in Los Angeles, and now as a Broadway producer. Yes, Lamar is an actor and a hand model and many other different really awesome roles, and as of last year, a Broadway producer. He was a co-producer of the 2022 to 2023 revival of Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, which I saw and absolutely loved. He is also now co-producing New York, New York on Broadway, loosely based on the 1977 Martin Scorsese film with additional lyrics by Lin-Manuel Miranda. And in September 22, Lamar was named a front row fellow in collaboration with Columbia University. Their goal is for the fellow to be able to take an existing project to the next stage of development in hopes of becoming a future leading commercial producer. I was fortunate enough to see a reading of the plays co-producing Africa Brown's play The Fight at the Apollo Theater shortly after we recorded this interview. And I know there are a lot of actors listening, a lot of aspiring producers, and there are a lot of questions as to how to cross that line. How do you become a Broadway producer? I asked Lamar all of the questions and really, really enjoyed hearing about his incredible career, as I know his talent and hustle and tenacity will propel him even further in a short amount of time. Without further ado, here's Lamar Richardson. Hi, Lamar. <laughs> Welcome to Mentors on the Mic. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Oh, so I'm so excited to have you here. I'm such a huge, huge fan as well as friend because, you know, we've worked together before. So it feels different. I feel like I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit, but we got into a Samsung bu bubble for like a little while there where we were like doing these like, you know, 10 hour, 12 hour days or whatever it was sometimes. Um, so, you know, you feel like you really get to know someone over a period of time, don't you think? Yeah, in a, in a yeah. small little way, like in a short period of our lives. Um, but let's start. I always start with the same question. So it allows for routine and continuity. And it's lovely. But Lamar, what was your first role in the entertainment industry? I was an extra performer on Boardwalk Empire 10 years ago. 
<laughs> well, happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Very exciting. So yeah, I did I did extra work as well. How do you would you know, did you love extra work? Did you hate it? What was your relationship with it? I loved it. I mean, I actually became SAG eligible through it, you know. Hey. Yeah. That doesn't happen had, all the time. <laughs> I had a good little run for 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 a couple yeah. of years in the beginning there. Absolutely. And so so what was next? How did you like while you were, you know, doing extra work, how did you sort of start to navigate the industry as an actor? Yeah, so I was still in school at the time. So I was dipping into backstage, doing student films, shorts, etc., trying to really get my feet wet and learn about being on set, working with the upcoming directors, fellow actors, etc. So really just throwing things against the wall and just trying to put myself out there as much as possible. Completely. And then getting reps, of course, I feel like that's part of that journey. Did, how'd you get your reps? Or at least those so, first, you know, couple. So my very first manager was through cold outreach. You know, I used nice. to go to drama bookshop and, you know, buy those, those books that had the list of managers and the list of agents yep. and send yep. out physical headshots and resumes and, and emails. And my first manager responded and that's how we started working together. And then my first agent, similar, same thing, just just a random email. And then they responded and we had a meeting and then the rest was history. Amazing. And so then you started getting different types of auditions or is it just an all sort of like all of it, right? So you have your own submissions that you're submitting yourself for, for more like maybe student films, low budget films, et cetera. And then a combination of maybe getting auditions from your reps. Yeah. In, in the very beginning, you know, at that time, those uh, investigation discovery reenactment shows were really yes, big. Yes, the reenactment shows. <laughs> so. Those are fun. Those are like, yeah, I feel like that's a step. You know what I mean? Like that's a ring on the ladder of just like, yeah. this feels different. This is yeah. this is on TV now. Mm-hmm. I did, I did three of those. I think, yeah, nice. that was a <laughs> nice. that was a big thing back then. Yeah, that was a really big thing back then. Cool. So you did those. And then what was it? What was the first time, aside from the reenactment shows, that you were like, oh, this is this feels legit. This feels like another ring in the ladder, if you will. This feels very exciting. Well, that would have been when I when I ended up booking Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Ah, that's fair. <laughs> that was a big, big deal. And but let's okay, then let's let's take take us rewind because that's its own thing that I really want to delve into. But before that was hand modeling with me. So we could talk a yes. little bit about that. So yes. how'd you get into hand modeling, Lamar? So I was going in for on camera commercials and I think it, I think it might have been a Samsung audition. Yeah, that's for, something, for me. For, for that's something. what I remember. Yeah, yeah. And it was supposed to be on camera. You know, you're, you're holding the phone, yada 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 yada. And then we got booked on that everlasting. What was that? Three or four month job. It was like three <laughs> or four months. It was insane. And and it was funny because you know you'd be booked sometimes for five days in a row. Sometimes they're like, oh, we just need you for three of the five days. Yeah. It, but it was. The first time for me, anyway, that was like an ongoing gig like that for, you know, like it was amazing. And and we were all like, it was mostly the same group. Do you talk to any of those actors anymore? I see everyone on social media. You know, yeah. you're always liking and commenting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're always supporting each other and going, oh, you're in this now. This is so cool. But it was a, it was a great group of people. And like you said, we saw each other a lot. Um, yeah. But that was my first. No. I, yeah, I will say that was my first experience hand modeling, I'd say. 
Yeah, same. And yeah. then th- that just became the, the portfolio of pictures and videos to then use to get a parts agent and then start going down the, the runway with all of that stuff. Did you, did you, did you pursue it and continue with it or, you, or not really? I honestly didn't, which like I thought about it for a while and I think I just never did. So I, I'm glad that you did. You, I mean, I remember you were the only one in that sort of situation that also got, um, an additional commercial with your face in it, like for an oh, Apple Watch thing, the and I was like, "Yes, Lamar!" Like I just—it was so exciting. That's that was just felt like such a big thing. And I think I saw you in like um, ads for mo- in movie theaters, right? Yeah, Didn't that play in movie yeah, theaters? Yeah, yeah. And it played in Times Square, and then it played in Times. I think it played yeah, we had, the Super we had Bowl a- or something. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know about that. That's super cool. I probably didn't watch that year. Yeah. I did. I do remember one of our commercials was um, in Times Square. Like I remember, I was looking at our hands in Times Square, yeah. and I was like, yeah. "That's that's pretty cool. That's like a step right there." Yeah, that um, was a big thing. Yeah, that was a big thing. And I remember one of the last days of shooting was your birthday. Do you yes. remember this? I think it was your yeah. birthday. It might have been the guy who played, like the boy who played your son, I guess, as a hand. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think both of you guys got some sort of present. Do you remember what that present yeah. was? They gave me a, a pair of red Samsung headphones. That Big I deal. Have, yeah, I have them somewhere oh, in, my, in, in my office. And yeah, that was, that was really nice. And then they sang happy birthday and did the whole thing. That was a special time. That was a special time. I, you know, that was just, it just felt really exciting because we all knew each other very well. We had our nail stylist. We had our makeup people. It just felt like all of us were, and we were, we were there. We were going to different sets all the time. Like I felt like we did the sound stages at some mm-hmm. point. We did like this other little like place with just like office rooms. It felt mm-hmm. like, but we, we were just the same group. It was really yeah. fun. And it's, it and really, it's really fun. cool to see how everyone's journey has traversed over the years. Yeah, I think only a couple of you guys like really stayed within hand modeling. There's like a, I think there was one other person maybe who's done Taiwo. Is that her name? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, I haven't seen. Yeah, her I in think years. she's also done some hand modeling still. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. So, so that's when I met you, and my impression of you, which has only grown, I guess, for, through like supporting you on social media and being your fan, is you're just such a light, and I think. Partially, like, I think that might be part of how you want to be perceived in the world as from what I'm looking at. But that's how I would describe you. I felt like you were such this, such a positive person, um, just so happy and excited to be there and be with us. Um, definitely a, a strong sense of self. I don't know if you feel that about, about yourself, but from the outside, it just feels like you have a very strong sense of who you are, what you want to do. Um, and obviously, it doesn't have always have to be consistent. We're human beings. But I think that's, for the most part, like how I just initially thought of you. And, and that's just grown ever since. And I just feel like I can see you even 10, 15 years from now just doing th- what you're doing now, but at just much higher level and probably more things as well, just because you're going to expand even more. But how what, how do you sort of view yourself in the industry and like wh- what's your sort of um, perspective on dealing with the craziness that is our industry? Does that make sense? Does that question yeah, make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. And you okay. know, it's interesting that you, you say that because in the beginning of my career for the longest, you know, I had this um, headline on my social media that said that I was an, an actor on a faith journey to mm-hmm. spread light and laughter in the industry. And, hmm. you know, I really honed in on that in the very beginning. I would always try to, you know, be this bubbly, 
friendly, approachable guy on sets to really, you know, even the playing field. Because, you know, sometimes there's a lot of nerves and sometimes there's intimidation or whatever, all the emotions that we deal with. And I really wanted it to be my mission to say, hey, we can have fun and we can be friends. And, you know, what's for you is for you and what's for me is for me. And I think I've leaned into that over the years. You know, it's it's a tough business in terms of the rejection and the constant having to motivate yourself to press forward and the constant auditioning and getting a no and getting a pin and then getting a no and then getting a screen test and getting a no and then being in the final two and getting a no. (laughs) And I I always find myself going inside of myself and, and really internally just resetting and rebalancing. And, you know, this happened to me recently. I was I was on a, a, a really strong pin for a new series. And I was just like, ah, when I got the email, this was two days ago that I, did, I was released. I was just like, ah, it never gets any easier, <laughs> you know, but I just really try to just latch on to that that feeling of. You know, I'm I'm here. I, I belong. I have something that that's meant for me. My path is forging forward. My personality makes room for myself. You know who I am, and my my genuine spirit finds the people who it's supposed to find. And I really just hold on to that as I navigate this entire thing. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean. Oh, I just want to echo all of that because I just I want more of that in my life too. Like you want to attract people who have that same mentality because it's so easy to get caught up in the minutia. It's so easy to to complain about everything. You know, it's it's so hard. Easy. It's hard. It's, it's so, so easy. easy. And I just I think at some point, and I don't remember when it happened. It was probably gradual where I'm just like, it's not that I never complain, or it's not like I ever let other friends of mine complain. It's not that. It's just more. I was like, I just want more of the positive stuff that happens in the industry. I just want to see more positive stories. I just want to be happy for other people. I just want to see more, more, um, more proof that this is possible because it is. Yes. It's just, it's, yes. it just, yeah, you know? Yes. Yeah. But oh, let's, let's you. go back to Ma Rainey's for a second. So let's, let's go. Cause this is huge. This was big. You're doing <laughs> your thing. And then how did this come about? Okay. So this is another thing that's funny. So the, my, my birthday again is tied to this. So this was in 2015. I was participating in a screenplay reading that was happening for a group of, you know, producers and investors. And I was basically it was a story about a halfway house full of like young teens. And this Harvard grad was coming to do community service. And there was a whole movie about, about that. So I was supposed to play initially the lead kid in that halfway house, but it, the role was supposed to be an uh, actor rapper, and I'm not a rapper. <laughs> so, so I ended up getting recast in the very like near near the very end, and I got another role, and I was devastated oh. because you know, <laughs> yeah, big deal. Yeah, You're I was like, I was the lead of the movie, and you know, Felicia Rashad was cast to play you know the dean of 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 the school. And I was like, oh, she'll see my, she need acting and, you know, I have all this FaceTime, yada, 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 yada. So I got recast to a significantly smaller role that basically had two strong scenes and that was it. It's like a knife Whoa. in the chest, <laughs> right? It's just like a, you're like, ah, oh, like I, this was it, guys. I was so excited. And how'd you get this one? How'd you get this reading? 
So at the time, I was working at a, an acting studio at Susan Batson Studio. I was working as a, a, her assistant, and you know they, they cast a bunch assistant. of yes, 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 and they cast a bunch of <laughs> us from the studio to be in it. Very cool. So, so, so I got to be in it, and then, you know, lo and behold, the reading ended up happening on my birthday <laughs> that year, and you know, we did the thing. It was great. Yada 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 yada. We're putting out there. You have a lucky birthday. That's yeah, just what we're putting out there now. November thirteenth. You know what's funny? I was born on Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> lucky. In in the Jewish religion, I'm Jewish. In the Jewish religion, that's a lucky number. That's a lucky thing. So. Oh well, I receive it. I receive it. I receive yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. All right. But so yeah. anyway, so you're in this reading. But yes. So and we had the reading. The reading comes and goes. The next day, the next day, like literally the next the day. The fourteenth. Yes, I have a conversation with Felicia Rashad. How did that? No, wait. How did you just have a conversation with Felicia Rashad on the 14th? A phone call came in. Wow. And, you know, that's why it's her. It's her. I'm like, huh? (laughs) Um, But basically, she was saying that, you know, she enjoyed working together. She's doing a production of August Wilson's Ma Rainey Black Bottom next year at the Mark Taper Forum in L.A. Had I heard of it, had I read it, I said, I know August Wilson, but I've never read it. Right. So she said, you need to go read it. There's a, there's a part in it for you that I want you to consider, you know, as we do the casting process for this for this role. So I said, Was it Sylvester? It's Sylvester. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> reeling as this is happening. And I said, okay, um, I'll, I'll, I'll read it and then, I, and then I'll get back to you. Conversation ends. Literally, I worked on 43rd and 8th. I bolted out for my lunch break to Drama Bookshop. Yeah. I was like, that I know book. you. are going to go right away. You're going to be like... <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bought that. Bought the play. Came back to work. Read it at the desk while I was working that day. By the end of the day, emailed her back. I love it. I'm interested. I want to audition. I want to be considered. Yada yada yada. She then said, "Okay, send your headshot and resume to CTG Center Theater Group to uh, address it to you know the artistic the artistic team at the time." So that was November. So in the back of my mind, I'm like, "Oh, there's no way." I'm going to get this. Please. Felicia Rashad, she's being nice. This is going to be a big deal. There's no way they're going to consider me for this. So flash forward months to maybe March or April. She's now at the Public Theater doing Head of Passes by Terrell Alvin McCraney, and she's starring in that. So I go to see the show, bring flowers, just to thank her for the opportunity to even be considered. So then she said, did you? So, you, so your- let me just, let me just, so you auditioned and you just never heard back like a normal actor, right? Get to, get no. to this, get to this. So I never sent the headshot and resume at first. Oh. <laughs> I didn't send it at first because I was just like, you know, she's being nice. There's, there's no way. Wow. Months later, I go to see her at the show, you know, just to say thank you. Did she say, did you mail your headshot and resume? And I was like. No. <laughs> She's like, Wait, Lamar, Lamar, let's stop for a second. I need to know this. So, so, cause we all do this to ourselves. This is so, 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 so normal. But you, you had the, you had the drive to go, like the desire to go get the play, read it in a day, right? But then not send your headshot and resume. What do you think that was about? It probably was self-sabotage. I, I don't know what it was. But, we do but. it. I mean, that's why I'm curious. No, no, no. The, that it's just so crazy in retrospect to look back at all these things that we do to ourselves. But this is so normal. Um, so I love that we're identifying. Anyway, so so you see her again, which by the way is a huge thing for you to go see her in the show, bring flowers to her. That's a big deal. Okay, so you go and bring flowers to her. She asks you, "Have you ever sent it in?" Let's I go said, back. No. Then she said, 
Umar, send the headshot and resume. So I said, okay, 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 I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. I, I saw, you know, see her, thank her, you know, yada, yada, go. I go and I send it. I don't hear anything. So mind you, Michelle, I didn't audition for this. So two months later, I'm waking up to go to work and I get an email from CTG. Miss Felicia Rashad would like to offer you the role of Sylvester in, in August Wilson's My Randy Black Bottom at the Mark Taper Forum, yada, 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 yada. <laughs> God. So at this point, that was a what? November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Like a six month window from when I did that reading, when she saw what she needed to see in me in the character that I ended up playing that was smaller and not the lead, but a strong supporting that then clued her into Sylvester had those same qualities. Ah, this guy is it. Let me, let me give him these, these, these crumbs to, to do these things. Months later, I do it. Here comes the offer. Amazing. I know because this just because I'm also I know you're a big faith person. I'm also a big faith person. So I feel very strongly about that. But also it goes back to like what everyone says. And this is just such a strong example of it. It's not rejection. It's redirection. Like the fact that you didn't get that lead role in that reading, which you thought was such a big deal. And it was it felt like such a big deal at the time. But you got that other role, which really was the role that needed to showcase you for a part you didn't even need to audition for because of that. Michelle, and this is what I always tell people, like, you know, so much, so much of this stuff always sounds so woo-woo or cliche or whatever, but that is living proof. Do not sh- poo-poo or be hard on yourself about, oh, that's a co-star, it's a one-liner, I have no lines, I'm just featured, yeah. You never know who is going to see something in you, who you're going to meet from that opportunity, what is coming down the line, like, never would I have ever had seen that through line between those two key moments happening and it leading to that. That literally launched my career and I always credit her for that, literally. 100%. And and just take a second to go like, hold on, I'm just getting too excited for myself. So, so you get that you were redirected on this other opportunity. I mean, it really could be a redirection. It could be as simple as, you know, they, they bring you back for something even better that's for you and that, that takes off and the other thing doesn't. Or it could be, you know, we just don't know, right? We just don't, we just don't know what, or, or I mean, I've heard this too. Like, I remember, I mean, we could always bring these stories up, but I prefer these stories to the, the alternatives. But like Lisa Kudrow from Friends, she booked like a big role on Frasier and she was fired from it. Like, legitimately Mm. fired from that show. And she was devastated. Like, she just thought, like, that's it for me. Um, And uh, she then booked a little while later Friends. And she said, thank God I got fired from Frasier. Or I wouldn't have been able to do Friends. I wouldn't have been able to accept that role because I would have been committed to this, like, recurring guest star or series regular, whatever it was. So we just, we don't know. And we're going to just say that this is just opening you up to be able to do something that you're even more right for. I I receive that. You know, I receive it. (laughs) (sighs) All right. So now you booked this role. You're you're heading to L.A., right? That's that's Mm -hmm. the next step. Mm -hmm. So you had to L.A. How was that move? How was that transition? So that was supposed to be just, you know, a three to four month gig where, you know, you go do it and then you come back. When I tell you, so that show at the time, you know, was literally the talk of the town. 
everybody and their mother came to see that show. You know, uh, fellow actor, actress-wise, casting director-wise, studio executive-wise, f- uh, sc- writers, direct like literally it was a who's who of, of, of entertainment people coming to see it. Wow. So at the time I said, okay, there's no way I'm going back to New York after this. I need to stay here and capitalize on this immediate window of exposure. So I hit the ground running, you know, sending out emails to invite people to see the show, trying to get representation. Um, so, you know, by the end of it, I ended up getting a manager. And then I said, okay, I'm going to stay. They were by Coastal and I could have came back, but I said, no, I'm going to stay just to ride that wave. So I stayed. I, I immediately took a bunch of generals across town with people who came to see the show, you know, to introduce myself, did that whole thing. And then just hit the ground running with auditions and doing the thing, getting into classes, you know, just doing the whole thing all over again, right? Yeah. And, you know... When does Oprah come in? Mm-hmm. I need to so, know. <laughs> so Oprah, that goes back to working at Susan's studio. Really? Um, yeah, so um, I met Oprah at an event that Susan brought me to. Wow. Also in 2015. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good year for it's me. a good year. <laughs> Good year, and your birthday's March fifteenth. I don't know, maybe thing. I mean, it's uh, November fifteenth, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I met her that year. I went to an event. She was having um, what was it called? She had a a series at the time on her network. I think it was called Believe. And we went to a screening of that, and then I met her, and then that that was the seed that planted there. And then yeah, so L.A. that happened. Um, you know, started doing s- small things. You know, I um, I did. I was still hand modeling, doing all those things. And then I, I did, ah, so Charlie Sanders and Jordan Peele had this series, Weird City, that was an, uh, an anthology series that was on YouTube Premium at the time. Did an episode of that. Jessica Monks, shout out to Jessica Monks, casting director, who was a fan of me. She cast me in that and then also cast me in James Sweeney's movie Straight Up right after. So then I did that as well. And then, you know, auditioning, yada, 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 yada. Fast forward to 2019, that's when I decided to come back to New York because I felt like there was more for me to do. I missed theater, all those kinds of things. I wanted to come back to New York. So I spent three years in L.A. and then I came back. But while you were in L.A., is that when you went to the Super Soul Brunch for Oprah? Yes. So I just, I just want to talk about that for a quick second, and then we'll come back to your trip to New York. It's such a big deal, Lamar. I remember seeing pictures of that going, this is the best oh. life ever. So tell me about that invite and tell me about that experience. So again, <laughs> you know, I, I met Oprah in 2015 and then, you know, over the years would, would you know, run into her and say how I keep in touch type of thing. Just, you know, just, just real, real low key, not trying to do too much because she's who she is. Yeah. <laughs> so this was what? I think... Was that was that 2017 or 18? One of those. I think it was 2017. 2017. I think it was 2017. I stalked you recently, so I'm going to say 2017. <laughs> okay, it's 2017. So it's called research, yeah. Lamar. It's not stalking. <laughs> I was at work. You know, I was I was an assistant again at the time for for Nancy Banks, another great acting coach. I was yeah. her assistant, so I'm at work. You know, doing my thing, and then an email comes in that uh, you know it's, it's like from a, a paperless post equivalent type of thing. Um, uh, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul Gospel Brunch, you are invited or something like that. So I, I thought it was so I just read the headline. I was like, oh, this is spam. Yeah, 100% <laughs> spam. So I said, this is spam. I open it and I'm reading it. And I'm just like, what? It was an invitation to her house. I can't. I can't. <laughs> 
to her house. And you got a plus one, right? Yes. It wasn't my, just my, for my, you. My, my girlfriend one. at the time. But I li- literally immediately go to email her and like, oh my yeah. God, thank you so much. This is real. And she's like, and she's so, she's so just nice. It'd be and the so worst just, prank in the world if it wasn't. No, but you know, these people, she's so nice and just so just like, yeah. it's nothing. So she's like, oh, I thought you would enjoy it. You're right. I would really enjoy it. It would be amazing. Thank you. You're absolutely correct in that assessment. Yes. I'm like, so then, yeah. So then that happens. So then, so then we go. <laughs> so first of all, you know, we pull up to the house. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's just... the, 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 no, it's the longest driveway in the world to get yeah. to the actual property. Right. We get there, you know, we get out of the van as soon as we, uh, you, you, cause you had to valet your car and then you got a, a shuttle up to the, the house. As soon as we yeah, got that, you know, the house, the shuttle, you know, there's, there's Niecy Nash and her mother. <laughs> so we meet Niecy Nash and her mother, you know, introduce ourselves. Just yada, yada, casually. yada. Then get on another shuttle to go down to the actual, cause she has like an amphitheater thing in her backyard. Of course. So, you know, we go in, you know, like everybody you can think of is there. Literally, I, I was sitting next to Janet Mock at the time. And, you know, it's funny because she looked over. She's like, how'd you get in here? Because, <laughs> you know, everyone says I have a baby I got a face. paperless post <laughs> invite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, everyone says I have a baby face. So I look oh, like a, yeah. a kid, you know. Yeah. So everyone's like, who is this kid? This, this here, you know. And then sitting next to her, you know, everybody's there. So there's, there's Gail, there's, there's, um, there's Reese Witherspoon, there's Kerry Washington, there's Sterling K. Brown, there's Angela Bassett, there's, um, um, uh, J- uh, Jennifer, um, oh, wow, 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 wow. No, 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 no. Julia Roberts. There's Julia <sighs> Roberts. I mean, Ted Sarandos, everyone oh you can think of. And, you know, as you're walking around, it's, a, it, you know, there's all these stations for food and for, you know, everything. So, you're just bumping into people. You're just bumping into people. You're and like, I'm can I have all, some crab? And oh my God, it's Julia Roberts, you know? Yeah. Oh my God, it's Reese Witherspoon. Hi, Carrie. <laughs> and they were just so, like, you know, you have to, you have to be chill. You can't, you know. Right. You have to you pretend that this is like a normal day, right? This is right. just your every day. This is your Tuesday. It's a normal yeah. Tuesday. Well, so like, do you, I, I can't imagine being in a situation like that. I can't imagine because it'll one day happen. But, but I mean more like, do you want to push yourself to talk to people how natural i mean like i would i would kind of want it to be natural but at the same time like how do you do it what did you do so you know at the time I, you know i was kind of trained as an assistant to know you look you're going to constantly be exposed to high profile people do not right. embarrass us you need you know you need to really just play it cool nice to meet you you know a quick I love your work. That's it. Right. Don't ask for pictures. Yeah. Don't don't do that whole kind of thing. Also, you're from New York. You're in New York. You know exa- <laughs> that's exactly the New York way of doing, right? I kind of feel yeah. like it's a little. That's a very New York thing. You see someone on the street, yeah. you're like, love your work, and yeah. then you keep moving. Exactly. So you know, there, so there's me. You know, going around I, at the time, I was using Ma Rainey as my my talking point. So I a hundred percent should. <laughs> So I went up to people who saw it. So, you know, I went up to Angela Bassett. I'm like, hi, Miss Bassett. I'm Lamar Richardson. You just saw me in my Rainey's Black Bottom. I was Sylvester. Oh, you were wonderful. Smart. Yeah, you know, yada, yada, yada. Smart. That's how I got that picture with her that I love. Love. <laughs> yes. And then I did the same Queen. thing with, with the others, like Carrie Washington and yeah. others who came to see the show did that and just, you know. Smart. They went back to my table. <laughs> yeah, and, and, smart. And You're like, got some networking in. I mean, perfect. That sounds perfect. 
And then that was that. Oh, God, what a dream. Okay, excellent. So... I want to tell you guys all about Cave Day, which I've been absolutely loving the last few months. I joined Cave Day after reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. You might have even heard me mention Cave Day during the Atomic Habits five-part miniseries. Cave Day are group-focused sessions led on Zoom that focus on monotasks. So have you ever had a task where you constantly feel just distracted by Instagram, your phone, text messages, TikTok? It takes you forever to do something super simple. Cave Day asks you to put your phone somewhere where we can't see it and focus on the one task ahead of you for the period of time you're in the cave. I take it one step further and use one of their weekly planning workshops to decide on my goals for the week breaking them down into monotasks, and planning out my week of caves so I can get it all done. I've never been so productive. You can do one, you can sign up for one, two, or three hour long sprints, depending on the task in front of you. And it doesn't even have to be work. Let it be that yoga session you keep pushing off, or meditating, or making a fun lunch, but have other people there to be accountable. I work from home and sometimes, especially with this podcast, it often feels like I'm doing everything on my own. So logging into these focus sessions, seeing other people work, using cave day strategies and techniques and routines that help me stay on top of it. I feel like it's just a no brainer. Join me today. Try the first month for only a dollar or your first three months for only $40. I get so much work done in the cave without feeling burned out. The link is in my show notes for the discount. Well, fast forward to you coming back to New York and tell me about that experience. So I came back to New York, um, in 2019, um, a couple months in, I got a new team because I was at the time I was, you know, a reader at Actors Connection and, and one-on-one. So I would always do those those seminars and those workshops and those classes. Um, got a new manager out of that, and then hit the ground running with that. And then literally right up to COVID's door, I booked an episode in New Amsterdam, and then we were, were you filming. able to film it before we we were filming at COVID's door, and then our episode was supposed to be. The second to last episode of the season, it then became the season finale, finale because we had to cut production. Like, that was it. As long as you yeah. got to fit it in before, because that yeah. would make me cry if if you booked had, it and then yeah. and then yeah. COVID. So, lucky you. Excellent. But then it, they truncated it down. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, wow, yeah. that's how I ended up. It had to become a, a, it had to become a season finale. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so and that happened. And then I was like. Dang it. When COVID happened, I said, dang it. That would have been some momentum to get something yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. So COVID happens. That's, that's the whole two to three year thing. Um, and then we come back. But you stayed busy during COVID, I feel like. Right? Or did it most of it happen parts, like two years parts, later? Parts. Parts. Parts was the first thing to come back for me. The soonest. I think my first parts gig right after maybe a year and a half into COVID was a St. Germain shoot that I did. And that was the first thing back. It makes sense theoretically because it's way more like, you know, you, you see these, like you need, brands still need to market, right? Brands still need yeah. to, you know, commercials, but they can't have the same, they can't have scenes of actors moving yeah. around. But you could have one actor hold, you know, in a safe environment. That that makes yeah. sense that it was one of the first things to come back. Yeah. So then, 
did parts, did parts. And at the time, you know, I was back in my new, I was in my new survival job, real estate at the time. So, you I'm know, a real I, estate, I kinda, I'm a licensed real estate agent too. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with yes, you. Compass. Uh, yeah. I barely <laughs> do anything with it, to be honest, but oh, I have it. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll talk about that then. We'll I talk, used to be we'll busier talk, we'll with talk. it and then I just, okay, we'll talk about uh, it. Cause you're so busy you got your doing license, Diddy Habitat. Stuff. Crazy. Yep. So, did that. And then I went into like on-site work so that I just would be placed the buildings and do that. So then I would cut, I cut back significantly on parts work. Um, and I I would always only take a job if it paid more than my day of work. So that's 21, 22. And then let me ask you, Lamar, and I think this is important for people to know when you decided to kind of pursue this other thing, this real estate thing, was this in addition in your head, in addition to everything you do, or you, did you feel sort of in a way that it was it was making a transition out of all of this, out of all no. the acting stuff. No, it was just another thing. And that's, I get that's it. and and that's important to note because even yeah. and we'll say that even with the producing because there's a big thing about oh you're not acting anymore, right? <laughs> it's People it's always silly. just all serving the greater vision of being an artist, 100%. right? And 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 these are just all things to do to help financially stay afloat to keep pursuing you know all of that. Yeah, it was not a not a pivot per se. It was just the uh, adding into the, the toolkit. A hundred percent. And I think I think it's really important to say because I I know for myself I don't know if you felt this way, Lamar, but as an, a younger actor, someone you know graduated college, and I was like, okay, I've got this. I felt like I needed to pursue acting so strongly in order to make it whatever that means i needed to to put so much time and energy into just that and obviously i got like jobs to pay for stuff and whatever but in my head that was the only main focus and i felt like i had to learn that that was a disservice to me as an actor that i needed to find other things that i love and that i'm passionate about and that could make me more of a well-rounded human being, if you will, right? Yeah. So all this, I think, is part of our story and part of our journey. Yeah. And I think it brings us, I think it makes us stronger actors, if you will. Yeah, yeah, same, same. I went on that yeah. same journey. You know, a big part of my L.A. chapter was leaving myself open just to do this. So, you know, I was only doing extra work at first. Then I was driving Uber and Lyft to stay open, you know, doing all that yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you know, to... yeah. To give it all to, to that, but then I had to learn over time. Like, you know, you got to have a life, dude. <laughs> you got to have a life. And you got to find things that also give you confidence and like a, a sense of self, as we talked about earlier, and uh, and just self-worth and identity. You need all of that stuff to, to bring it back to your acting as a human. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. I just feel like if we just, especially with, with the way acting is, this emotional roller coaster of the ups and downs, if you don't have other things giving you joy and giving you confidence and giving you respect and, and having you, you know, have not more control over it, but more creativity that can come with all of the other stuff. It just feeds your acting. It just feeds your opportunities as a whole. So, so you're doing real estate, you're, you're consulting, I think too. I mean, was it consulting or was it, um, you were, hold on, I have it here. Yeah. You were leasing consultant at Brookfield. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so I was doing that for three years again, you know, over time you're just like, you know, having these yeah. existential crises, you know, okay, am I getting too comfortable in that world now? What about this, this like my passion, you know, what about yeah. that? <laughs> and that's where producing came in. Cause you know, I wanted to shake it up. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> so excited it. to hear about this, Lamar. How did that come about? How'd you get into producing? So 
for for years along the stop, people always said because of you know my my great organizational skills and all the other features that I have as a person mixed with my creativity, I'd be I'd be good on the business side as well as a as a producer. And I was always super opposed. I said no, I'm an actor. That's my thing. That's all I'm going to do. And you know, years later, into this is this all happened last year actually. So <laughs> last year I had a come to Jesus moment. I was just like. Okay, Lamar, you're still auditioning. You're still getting close, not getting the job, yada, yada, yada. You know, this, you did, that's, that's the part for the course with that particular journey. What else can you do to help get the ball rolling, help stay involved, you know, get more into the field? I said, okay, I'm, I don't, I don't write. I don't direct. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll try this producing thing. <laughs> so then I did, did a deep dive into, you know, reaching out to a bunch of producers, asking for generals. You know, would you be open to a, a quick conversation to I hear about your experience? Yada, 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 yada. You know, and, and, and was able to, to, to speak to, to really, um, really generous people who, who are willing to speak to me. Um, so it was just producers that you've met before or producers you were slightly maybe affiliated through things or through Ma Rainey's or just people no. you didn't know and you just were like, I'm going to write to them? No, it was just people who, who I... So basically, you know, I, I dived into like Playbill and things like that just Smart. to look up who was, who was over shows because I knew I, would, I was more so going to start probably in theater since I was here in New York. So, you know, I, I reached out to, to Jane Baron Sherman, and she is just such a generous, wonderful person. Um, pr- great uh, producer. She just did um, Ohio State Murders, and she's doing Pictures from Home right now. We had a great conversation. She was super generous and, and encouraging and, you know, gave me the permission that I needed for myself to say, okay, I'm going to explore this. And then at the time, I had heard about you know, Death of a Salesman was coming, Piano Lesson was coming, Top Dog Underdog, etc. And, you know, as a black artist, I said, okay, I want to support shows that have people who look like me on stage, but may not have people who look like me behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. So I reached out and I reached out to Chris Harper and from Death of a Salesman, who was a lead producer at at the time. He had just did company which was a huge success and just won the tony and everything reached out to him and this man responded (laughs) and not only did he respond he was really generous to say like you know he appreciates what i'm trying to do and they also have an opportunity to come on as a producer on that show but i was interested again that was like another oprah moment another felicia shaw moment where it was like huh what really uh, okay, can I can I think about this and get back to you <laughs> before I commit? Um, because wow, so then that happened. So then, so wait, I said, what? Yes. So so what? What went in? I'm so thrilled. I'm on this journey with you right now. So this is amazing. So you said so. What did what did he want you to do as co-producer? What was what was? How did he sort of bring that up to you as to like this is a role that's available? Yeah. So basically, in the Broadway space. A big part of co-producing, it, it can look various ways, depending on whatever show you're on, whatever lead producer you're on. But a big component of it, regardless, is raising capital for the show. And, you know, for Broadway, uh, Broadway shows cost millions of dollars to, to yeah. mount. So you have to raise a significant portion of that budget <laughs> through investors. So, you know, I, I, when I knew it was going to, when I heard what it was going to entail, I said, okay, that's a lot. 
<laughs> but um, let me think about it, and then let me get back to you. And I thought about it. I said, let me try it. Let me try yeah. it. I've met, I've met all these people through all of these survival jobs over the years. Let me see if I can drum up some capital. Yeah. So in two to three weeks, I had it. <laughs> and that was what that. Can we, what can I ask you without it? Because you could definitely, I, I could hear you saying I can't talk about some of these stuff. But can you talk? <laughs> and that's totally fine. I understand. Mm-hmm. But of course, I'm curious. So like. Who who did you reach? Can you talk about who you reached out to, or how much money you had to raise, or and, and you could say no. I am totally fine yeah, with that too, but so, I have to ask. So I'll say this. So for, so on Broadway, more times than not, you're at least looking to have to raise at an entry level, um, yeah. two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay. At least That's a sometimes. lot of money. <laughs> I mean, when when you're when you're raising millions, when you're the lead producer, you're like, yeah. you could do this. It's a little baby job. Yeah. But for yeah. any normal person, that is a, a crazy amount of money. <laughs> yeah. So, so thank you for giving me that. And then that's really good to know, actually. And then and then you just called up some of your people. You called up some people you knew or you kind of had yeah. met over the years. To, yeah, to, literally to my personal network. I had to do a deep dive. And that, that there was a lot of, is this a scam? Yeah. Aren't you, aren't you an actor? Yeah. No response? No response? <laughs> or just flat out no. How do you um, feel comfortable? What was your, like, how do you feel comfortable pitching people for this? I mean, obviously... You know, listen, Death of a Salesman is a big deal. Like, I, I saw the show. We'll talk about it in a second. It's huge. It was amazing. It's a good cause, if you will. It's not yes. like it's some random thing. But right. so it's not like you're pitching something you don't believe in. Exactly. However, you know, it's still that's still a that's still an email. Did you email people? Did you write to people? Did you call? Did you get their numbers? How did you? So for most people, I tried, I, tried, I tried to have a face-to-face conversation. So most people, yeah. I wanted to call or either do a Zoom because, you know, I, I, I reached out via email to some people. But again, when it, it, it's tough to when that, at that point because no one had any frame of reference for me doing that. Right. So right. it was very much so like, is this, you know, a, a Ponzi scheme, a pyramid scheme, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that kind of thing. Are you going to take my money uh, and leave? Right. I don't know you. So... A lot of it was was this. Let's get on a call. Let's get on a Zoom. Let's let me talk about it. Let me explain this to you. You know, lay lay the land type of thing. All of that. Um, and it was hard. I mean, look, it was hard. We shot to so many people. So many people who did did not respond at all. And these are people who know me, who did not respond at all. Who didn't even who didn't even respond to say no, thank you, or I'm not interested. Just did not respond at all. Um, then there was people who said no, or there were people who couldn't, who didn't have the access to the kind of capital needed yeah. to do it because, you know, in the Broadway space, at a minimum, you have to, you have to at least invest 25 or 50,000, depending on if it's a musical or a play. Right. So there was that. It's, it's a lot of money. Um, and then, you know, the, the pending recession, all these kind of things that were supposed to be happening. It was COVID. You know, bro- I mean, it was still COVID. we're still sort of coming out of it, you know. Yeah, COVID, Broadway coming back. Yeah, so then there was all of that. So it was it was, a, it was a very uphill battle. But to your to your question, at that point, you know, I had been so used to being told no as an actor. I had been yes. so used to doing all these other survival jobs. I knew it was either a yes or a no or a no response, and all those three things all those three things happened until I hit my number, and then that was that. I'm so so 
I, I want to say proud, but that feels like weirdly <laughs> condescending. But just so impressed, Lamar, because that is a big deal. Yeah, you know, and and it's weird because this whole new chapter, I still haven't really processed it, right? I feel yeah. like, you know, it, it happened, it, it opened, it closed. I'm on to New York, New York now and all these things. And I, I just, I still feel like I'm on the outside looking in as I watch my life unfold. Because mm-hmm. never in a million years would I have ever imagined this journey taking this kind of pivot. And I, 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 I truly mean that. I'm an actor's actor. I always thought that that'd be my thing. But through being uncomfortable and being pushed into something new that I initially was very intimidated by and almost turned it down because I didn't think I could pull it off, to now be on the other side and be in this space doing this thing with this new way, it's just like, <laughs> it goes into the whole thing that we read about, you know, you can manifest the life that you want for your, you know, all the things that people say and do, it really can and will happen. You just have to be willing to be uncomfortable, willing to be embarrassed, willing to fall on your face, willing to be told no and staying in line. You know, it'll happen. It might not be when and how you want it to happen, but whatever is supposed to happen will. (laughs) And that's what I feel like I'm in the middle of right now. I'll encourage you to take a little bit of time and process it as much as you can, only because this is a very stressful time probably, but it's a very exciting time. And as someone who does a lot of interviews with different people, different parts of their careers, you're going to look back on this moment as a very exciting time. And in a time that you put energy and love and commitment into building something huge for yourself. Because that's what you're doing. And I want you to look back and not regret that you didn't enjoy the exciting time, this exciting part of it. And I'm sure you are to an extent enjoying it. I'm not taking away from that. It's more just as much as you can be present to the fact that although it's stressful, although you're still grinding, although you're still kind of going from, you know, you're, you're pushing, you're still pushing up, you're still pushing up. This is still a time where in 10 years, you're going to be so grateful that you did that. And you're going to look back and you're going to go, I, I don't want you to be like, I, I, I wish I just spent a couple moments, you know, just taking it all in because it's, it's a big deal. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this because so last night I went to a doll's house that's, at, you know, at the oh, theater I have to, now. Um, no, I want to go. I, I'm going to go. That's at the theater that I just came up, came out of with Death of the Salesman. And, you know, this is this is really like you said, living in the moment. So I, I, you know, I go to the stage door and, you know, I say, you know, I'm, I'm a producer. I just did Death of a Salesman. And I would love to introduce, I would love to say hello to Jessica and congratulate her on the work. Security didn't know me from Adam. It was like, okay, let me see. You. Okay. That's who you are. Let, let, let me in. Right. So then I go to meet her. Right. And then this is, this is me having like an outer body experience. So, you know, I'm meeting her, talking to her. She's commending how, how great Death of a Salesman was. I'm commending her on, you know, her performance in The Doll's House, her winning the SAG Award for George and Tammy recently, you know, all these kinds of things. And it's just like the, is this my life right now? Huh? I'm commending her as an actor. I'm telling her that I'm an actor. I'm telling her I also do. And it's just like this warm, generous, genuine interaction. And I mean... I just saw this, saw her literally a week ago at the SAG Awards winning this award and telling actors like, keep going. And I look forward to working with you and all these kinds of things. I cried. (laughs) I cried during her. I cried during her speech. Same. 
And then, you know, I literally laid it on thick and I said, you know, thank you for that. Thank you for being at your position, taking that platform to reach back to us, to, to encourage and inspire us. Yeah. And as I left, I said, this is all coming together and working together in a way that I never would have even imagined for myself. But here, here I am. And I really just had to sit there and just take that in and say, wow, you just have to lean into your journey and, and embrace it. And whatever it's looking like at that time, in that moment in space, that's where you belong. And no stop along the way was a mistake or, or set you off the path. It, it all worked its way to put you where you need to be. And I really believe that now. You know, I've always said it and heard it. And, but now I'm just like, this is actually happening, Lamar. This is you're you're making this happen. Like you're you're literally making this happen. <laughs> future future you, Lamar. Future Lamar is going to be so happy with all the work you're doing right now. Seriously, all the work that you're doing right now, he's going to be like, "Thank you, Lamar, because I'm here where I am because you put in the work and you believed in yourself during this very pivotal year." Um, so let's let's just keep going in the interest of time. I don't want to waste too much of it. But so 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 now you're a co-producer of Death of a Salesman, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. huge, insane, mm-hmm. so difficult, you did it. What was next? So now I'm doing New York, New York, which is the well, new Well, before candidate. that is the fellowship. I want to hear about the fellowship ah, first, right? The fellowship, the fellowship, the fellowship. Ah, after Death of a Salesman, I said, okay, now I'm in this space. I want to give this space the respect that it deserves, and I need to learn what it means to be a producer because raising money is only the tip of the iceberg. There's so much other stuff that goes into producing. That you so would be said, good at, too. <laughs> thank you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Still learning to accept that, but thank you. <laughs> um, so I had heard about this fellowship, the Front Row Productions Fellowship, um, which was founded by Stephen Bird and, and Aaliyah Jones-Harvey, who are prolific Broadway producers, black Broadway producers who paved the way and forged a way forward for producers of color. They started this uh fellowship in tandem with uh, Columbia University School of the Arts. I went to Columbia for undergrad, so there was that. Um, so I said, okay, I'm going to apply for this. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to get this. I'm an actor. They're not going to pick an actor. I have no experience as a producer aside from what I just did for Death of the Salesman. A huge Broadway show. <laughs> but again, this is the, you know, this isn't going to happen. Go through that process, extensive process, applying, getting letters of recommendation, writing essays, interviews, all that kind of thing. Get it. I get picked for it. Another, are you kidding me moment. Like, what? What? That happened. So then that's a year-long fellowship, taking classes at Columbia while also working on a project that you have to produce. And that comes with um, um, a stipend, which I, we don't yep, need to go in the numbers yep, for that, as yep, well as a mm-hmm. budget to cover the yep. cost of developing a show. Exactly. A, a personal stipend and, and developmental support for your project. Sweet. So that happened. Wow. This is a lot. Wow. Now I'm talking about this. Um, yeah. <laughs> that started in September. So it's taking classes, working on uh, on the, a, a new play that, that I'm working on that I was initially just an actor in and have now worked up to also producing well, um, so there's that, you know, so I'm in classes, learning, like, literally, this program is so great because you're taking classes 
with all of the theater brass, like literally all the leaders of the industry, you're, you're at their feet, learning from them, learning from their experiences, getting the ins and outs of, of what it means to be a producer or a general manager. So that's happening. And then I say, okay, I'm doing this, but I also want to have the practical experience of keeping Broadway producing going forward. So Death of a Salesman was done. So I said, okay, what else can I do? I, I learned of, of New York, New York through a dear friend. Again, I was like, ooh, that's another raise in this time. And it's raising even more. Okay, I was like, okay. I'll how try much it. can I ask how much we are raising, uh, you're asked to raise for New York, New York? So the, I'll say this the minimum for that, well, can I say that? Say, you take a second. I don't think I say. Uh, I don't want to get you in trouble. You say what you can say. The, 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 the minimum ask per investor was more than the minimum ask for, okay. for salesmen. <laughs> um, so I was like, ooh. It was hard enough for that. Uh, let me see if I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> but again, hit the, hit the ground running, you know, ignoring the no's, ignoring the no responses, finding the, f- the faithful few, um, and then pulling that off. So that's, and that's currently happening. That starts previews March 24th. I can't opens wait to next see it. Month. See it, y'all. It's of New York, for New York, for all of the artists, the dreamers. Go see it. You'll be inspired. Support it. That's a good show for that. Um, so then that's happening. Still doing the fellowship, taking classes, working on the new play that I'm doing. Um, you know, part of that, I'm producing a, a reading of it at the Apollo next week in a, in a, through their salon series, which is, which is great. Of New That's York, another, New York? No, for the, something the, the, else. Play, for the, the play that I'm working on for the fellowship. Got it. And yeah. Tell me, can you um, tell us about that at all? The, yeah, the play that yeah. you're working on developing in, through the fellowship? Yeah. So it's called The Fight. It's written by. Africa Brown. She's a wonderful playwright who I've worked with as an actor years ago. Um, you know, she approached me with this play. It's it's um, it's basically it's set in 1971. The back it's called the fight. It's a back. The backdrop is the Ali versus Fraser fight that happened at Madison Square Garden that year, and it was the the the, the fight of the century. So that's the backdrop of the play. The foreground is three families: a black family, a Puerto Rican family, and a Jewish family come together for a potluck to listen to the fight. And as that's in the backdrop, drama ensues in the foreground amongst the three families based on secrets, resentments, prejudices, all those kinds of things that, you know, different cultural groups have against each other. And I think that it's an important story because it shows that as much as we're all different, we're the same. And it, it, it attacks the toxicity of stereotypes, you know, and, and what that means and what that looks like and how that festers. Lamar, I want to I want to see this. Whenever you can invite an extra person, let me know. I'm there. Okay, so this I'll send, sounds I'll send amazing. You an I'll send you an invite if you can make it. But but yeah. but yes. Yes. So th- that's that's what I'm working on now. In addition to New York, New York, and you know, just trying to get that off the ground. That's a whole nother journey to get to where it's going to get to. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so in the trenches right now with the producing still actively doing, auditioning of course are you doing more for new york new york than you did for death of a salesman so if you like for death of a salesman it was really about raising a certain amount of money for new york new york you're raising even more money are you doing other things as well for it so you know a part of it is also you know you you can do your own personal marketing to help fill the yeah. seats yada 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 and then sometimes you know there are meetings that you get to go to or there pre-events that you get to go to along the way, rehearsals, all those kinds of things. You know, you're not the lead producer of the show, yeah. you know, calling the shots. You're just supporting their journey along the way, if, if, that, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it does. Do you, is part of what you do, or is it all part of it, to invite some of the people you've met in your network to go see New York, New York? Like, are you able yeah. to give free tickets to people, be like, hey, you know, I went to an Oprah thing one day. Uh, Felicia Rashad is someone who I've worked with before. Can I invite, can I give her two tickets to see New York, New York? You you, you get house tickets, which are, okay. you know, prime orchestra But you still pay are... for them, and those are still, pri- yeah. I mean, I know. Yeah, yeah, you still do, and they give you a discount <laughs> on those house tickets, but you still pay for them. Broadway is expensive, yeah. It is. You, you yeah, know, no, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing a thing for the university I went to. We do these shows every once in a while. We saw uh, A Strange Loop. We saw uh, Birthday Candles last year. And next week we're seeing Funny Girl. And there's a producer. One of the producers, um, we're interviewing her. I'm interviewing her next week for this Brandeis thing. And uh, I said to her something about tickets. And she goes, well, I can offer you the house seats. You just have to let me know and I'll pay for them. Oh, and then, but you have to pay for them if they're this much. And I realized, like, she doesn't get free tickets no, Producer, you know what i, I mean people. like people need to know this that's what i tell people, people. need it's to know money. this it's not yeah it's money so <laughs> but let's say but let's say you did say listen felicia rashad wants to come to the show i'd like to give her two tickets are you not able to give get her tickets either like are you not able to get well well you know for for, for people like that you know yeah. you can reach out to, to the press Good. department and Good. say hey this person wants to come can they have press tickets or, or things yeah. like that because Good. Them coming to see the show and being in a picture with the cast is going to is seriously is going to only serve the show. So yeah, but again, so are you are always, you is that part of your thing? Though, like, is that part of your intention is to invite key people, see if they can come? Yeah, you know, always you, you know, ultimately you try to get them to come to opening because that's when when all yeah. eyes. You know, you'll give your list of people who you would like to be invited yeah. to opening Got if they it. can make it, and then if not. Right. You coordinate with the team accordingly. And, you know, the lead producer ultimately has the discretion to call the shots. Of course. So you run everything by them and by the team. And, you know, it's a whole hierarchy. I want to make that clear. It makes sense. (laughs) It makes very sense. It makes sense. I get it. I get it. Wonderful. And so New York, New York is affiliated with Lin-Manuel Miranda, correct? Yeah. So he's he's doing additional new songs with with Candor. So that's going to be exciting. This could be very yeah. exciting. Very exciting. Lamar. Come be a part of so, it. Come be a part I, of it. So excited. So so this would be a big year, just like 2022 was for you. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on? Is there any advice you want to give to actors? Or anyone, producers it, as well, aspiring producers. But but is there any advice you want to give to actors or aspiring producers? Yeah. So I, I want to say this. Actors have to really, really lean into what makes them special. If if someone is always commending you on you have a great personality or you have a great smile or you just ha- you give the best hugs, you know whatever. Whatever makes you unique and you constantly get told the same thing and you you ignore it and you look the other way, lean into that. Because I feel like if I can go back and do things differently sometimes, there were a lot of things that were told to me that I never believed about myself, like like the the producing thing that I could have started way sooner <laughs> had I really accepted the gift that people were giving me in terms of what was recognized in me. And I think that we get so bogged down in the rejection, that I'm not good enough, I don't belong, all of that, that you literally sometimes lose focus of what makes you unique and what makes you who you are and what is ultimately going to open the door in your acting career. What's going to pop up in a role that only you can do that no one else can. 
And it might not look like what you think it should look like and what you expected and what you want it to look like, but it will happen for you. You just have to really, really, really have that strong sense of I belong. I am worthy. I am here. I'm planted. I'm not going anywhere. I am special and really just manifesting and embracing it and attracting that to yourself. And I say that because it took me years. It took me years. And I'm still struggling with it now because as this all unfolds to me in the moment, you just really see that, wow, when I really got out of my way, when I got out of my own way, when I got out of my own way, look at how these producer doors, for example, have flown open. And I've made so much traction in ways that I never did as an actor because I finally leaned into what others were telling me for years. <laughs> and yeah, you might not believe it. You might, you might have your insecurity about it, but lean into it. Lean into it and trust me, doors will open for you. That's the gift that I would tell any actor, any producer, same thing, hand in hand. Lean into that and put yourself out there and just know it doesn't matter if it takes a week, a day, a year, 10 years, 12 years, whatever. As long as you keep doing the work, you keep believing, you keep manifesting, it will happen. It will happen. And you just have to be ready to receive it when it does. Like Michelle, you're not, this podcast that you're doing, this, all of this in the grand scheme of your journey, haha, you'll see, you'll see, ha. This is, you're, you're doing important work here. This is, is setting some stage up for you that you will see commented upon years to come. And you'll look back and say, wow, I had this idea. I was terrified in the beginning, but I did it. I ended up interviewing all these great people. And now I'm being recognized in this way because I did that. Or I met this person because I did. You watch and see. <laughs> you watch and see. I receive see. it. I receive it. <laughs> um, let me ask two things quickly. One. What don't you have time for anymore? Now that you're doing all this, you're putting your putting your thought and energy. Sleep. What don't you have time? Sleep. Sleep. No, no, I get sleep, but it's 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 a it's a lot. I'm I'm, I'm gonna I am gonna say that it's it's a lot. It's a lot to juggle survival job, producing, still auditioning, still acting, wanting to take classes, meeting friends and family. Like it's juggling a lot of different plates for sure, but. That's just the gig. That's the gig until I don't have to. <laughs> and I can just focus on what I'm doing, you know? Yeah, and, and, and then self-reflection. I really try to... I used to do this gratitude journal that a fellow actor shared with me. And I, I've lost touch with it because I'm, I get so caught up in everything. But I need to get back to that just so I can have benchmarks to say, wow, this was a year ago when that happened? Or this was six months ago? Because otherwise I'm just barreling through time and, and not really processing I love it. And and is there anything I almost feel like because you're, you know, you're in this place, you're up leveling. This is such a big year for you of being up leveled. I I want to ask is there anything almost like negative stuff you don't have time for? Like a drama you don't have time. Like like is there anything in your journey that you've realized and maybe maybe this is something you already dealt with a long time ago, but like you know, if people have certain stuff that they're throwing at you or like insecurities, maybe, yes. or think, you know, yes. like things where you're just like, you know what, I don't yes. have time to be insecure yes. about this. Like I have yes. to do this. Yes. Especially in my, in, in my actor, mm. certain auditions I used to get and immediately say, uh, LOL, they're not going to pick me for that. Why would I even audition for it? 
I used to be the worst at boxing myself in and, and, and limiting what I think I can pull off. So I would say, what, that casting director, they love me, they call me in for this. Oh, that's nice, but I'm not going to read for this because I know they'll never pick me. But now, when things come in, I don't have time for that. Like, I get it, I do it, I throw it out, and, I'm, and I move on. So whenever I get these emails that, oh, you're pinned or, oh, you're, you're on hold or whatever, I'm like, oh, oh, really? Nice, nice, nice. But now I'm not mulling over, obsessing over any of that kind of stuff that I used to anymore. Half the time I forget what I even auditioned for until I get, Excellent. you know, li- literally. Excellent. And a year or so ago, that wasn't the case. I was always following up, checking my tracker, uh, checking dates to see when something shoots. You know, now I don't have time. I don't have time. I, I, so <laughs> I, okay. I, I'm grateful for that because yeah. before I used to good, just be like. <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one. And then and again, goes back to how much doing all these other things gives back to you as an actor and as a, as a human right. being. Right. So I, I love that. And then <laughs> you have aspirations to then at some point produce film TV. Yes. So some yeah. things are in the works there, good. hopefully now. Yeah. To be, Follow Lamar Richardson <laughs> on Instagram and get the updates as time goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Lamar underscore Alfonso. That's me. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right, th- Lamar, thank you so much. Really, just I, it's the biggest smile on my face the entire interview. I'm just so, so thrilled to hear and, and get qu- get answers to questions I've been dying to ask you for so long because, you know, it is very exciting following your journey. And we know, and, and obviously now hearing this interview, people, like we're, we know it's so much harder than just obviously the images that you put up. Yes. I mean, of course, of course. But... It's still very exciting and it's still very impressive and it's still just a testament to, to how great you are and and how much you're giving back to the world because you are. And uh, you. I'm so excited to hear more and more as time goes on. But thank you so much for joining us on thank this uh, podcast. You. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'm rooting for you, cheering you on. And I'm excited to see what's ahead for both of us. Same. Thank you so much for listening to Mentors on the Mic. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend in entertainment you know would love it. Let me know what you've learned or what stayed with you on our Instagram at Mentors on the Mic. I love reading your messages. Uh, you can also find me at, at Michelle Simone Miller on Instagram. On both accounts, I'll be sharing even more information about our mentors. Talk to someone about what you learned today who would really appreciate it and send them the episode. Also, if you love the show, please go ahead and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really makes a huge difference in growing this. It makes it easier for people to find our podcast, and I love reading your reviews. So thank you so much, and I'll see you next week. 